Welcome back, everybody. Just like Game of Thrones, the podcast you thought was never coming back has finally returned, proving that the sun does shine again. Our 10-month hiatus is finally coming to a close, and I'm so excited to bring you guys new vibrant content. I'm your host, as always, Javier Thompson, and you are tuned into the Vibrant Sons podcast, where we believe that anything we suppress, we empower to destroy us. So by sharing our stories, we strengthen ourselves, our communities, and our collective future. As the host, my job is to provide you guys with personal interviews and connect you with guests who are unified with our vibrant community in forwarding black and brown excellence and lifting the taboo off of conversations centered around mental health. I want to give a shout out, a very special shout out to all my day one listeners, because if you're still listening and interested in my platform after all this time, I truly love you. You know that I usually say that for the end of the podcast, but if you're listening right now, I want to let you know up front. I also want to shout out to all my new listeners and let you know that we are a welcoming community here and and we're so glad that you decided to join us. So don't hesitate to listen back to all the old episodes to get a fuller picture of what this podcast has done up until now. On this week's po- uh, episode, I am joined by my long-term friend and long-distance co-host, Jeff Folletti. Together, we discuss everything that has been going on since we last potted and everything we have planned for future episodes. We address your many questions like, why haven't we released episodes in so long? And why did you leave Atlanta, Javier? In addition to answering all these whys, we also give you some ad- advice on finding your own why in your life and how beneficial that can be in achieving a meaningful life. This is a jam-packed episode, and I'm ready to share it with you right now. They are just needing a strength to release their wiggles. Oh man, how should we even start this off? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, back back from a from the dead for a long time gone, you know? Yes, sir. Okay, let's get started. Um, oh, my goodness. We're about to have just complete 20 seconds of us just goofing off. Oh, man. All right. Yo, what's up, Jeff? How's it going? My boy, Javier. <laughs> man. How you been? I'm good. I mean, uh, this feels kind of unnatural. We've been away from the mics for quite a long time. And I'm telling you, I'm still away from the mics because we're on the phones right now. Yeah. <laughs> in different states trying to make it connect. Yeah, man. Um, and this might be what it's like for the, for uh, the time being. We might be a long distance relationship. <laughs> hey, those those relationships are always the strongest anyway. So you know, I'm cool with that. we'll survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is the uh, first episode back of the Vibrant Sons podcast, and we have a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Miss goodness. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that we've been gone. We've been gone since August, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So yeah, that's been almost a full year. Yeah, uh-huh. So um, in, in this year... Up. A lot has been going on, and I and I don't want to waste you guys' time because we did do that Instagram poll on my personal Instagram, and I know you guys don't like to waste too much time here on this Vibrant Sons podcast. <laughs> about the business. <laughs> oh yeah, so um, I think that we should just get started with. Um, hey man, we're back and we're new and improved, right? Definitely. I really, I really wish rebranded. Yeah, I really wish we had some air horns or something like. Bow, 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 bow. So, <laughs> Let everybody know that this is uh, brand spanking new and that we're um, we're new and improved. This is Vibrant Sons 2.0. Um, this podcast has seen a lot of changes in the short time that it's been around. Um, I think most of you guys may be familiar with the podcast when it was when we first referred to it as the platform dedicated to challenging the stereotypes associated with non-traditional families and empowering our communities toward a brighter future. And it still is that. Um, but the the podcast, of course, has has broadened up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were bound to change though from the jump. We started out with, you know, a, a much more central focus on you know uh, the 
the male perspective and growing up without a father, but you know, we first of all we only knew so many people in that in that category, but also you know the experiences that we've encountered and the experiences that we think would be vital for our listeners to hear has grown so much larger than that. We couldn't cater to just one audience. So, you know, with, with any change and growth comes new things and, you know, we're moving in a, in a much bigger direction that's, you know, better for everyone, I think. Yeah, man. I think after the first episode, we got so many responses from women talking about, oh, I want, what, where are the women? You know, we want more female stories. I'm <laughs> like, right. of course right. we're going to get there. And inherently, um, the, the name of this podcast has a uh, masculine <laughs> tone to it. But I, um, because it started from that place and I don't ever want to deviate from the place that where we began, where, you know, this was all about me confronting my issue of growing up without my father head on and using my experience to inspire the people around me and hopefully to get other people to do the same. But since then, obviously it's, it's opened up to women. And then from there, it wasn't just women who grew up without their fathers, but it was men and women who grew up without, um, you know, who grew up in a non-traditional family, whether that be their mother or their father or growing up with their grandparents and how that may have affected their psyche. Yeah, the spirit never changed. The spirit started from, you know, wanting to be open and using your own stories to help someone else. Mm-hmm. And now it just, you know, covers more people. That's all it is. So it's still, as long as it's the same spirit, then, you know, we can all be vibrant sons, even if even if we're women, I guess, vibrant women, we can just go ahead and change it over. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, we're all we're all vibrant sons, but some of us are vibrant S O N S, and but all of us are vibrant S U N S. Where you exactly. know we're all trying to emulate the sun, and I think that that was really good. What we did was working in that vibrant philosophy, where no matter what, even if you don't um, come from these type of backgrounds, you know, you may come from a more traditional household. Um, what 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 is most important is being more like the sun in the sky and being vibrant because like we've identified in past episodes is that the sun is the only celestial body in our um, solar system that gives off light and everything around it is cold everything is dark but that doesn't stop the sun from shining bright and creating life uh, for the planets that surround it and I want everybody that listens to this podcast to, to emulate the same thing that the sun is doing doing where we're shining no matter what and um, creating great opportunities with our words and with our actions in order to um, create life and opportunities around us for the people that are around us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, there, are you going to chime in there? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but then that definitely leads us into where we're um, where we're going in the future. I mean, now I've I've reached a mission statement or a um, I think a, a nice tagline that really encompasses everything that we're doing with this podcast. Where um, this podcast, at its core, um, really is trying to. Um, to attack those stories that we suppress the most or confront them the most. So um, on this podcast, we personally believe that anything that we uh, suppress, we empower to destroy us. So by sharing our stories, we not only strengthen ourselves, but we strengthen our communities and our collective future. So um, by by sharing our stories and being vulnerable with one another, we create this vibrant community and create... um, a more positive future and outlook for everyone around us. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, something that Larry said on, on the episode that we uh, sat in together. Um, you know, everything you do affects someone you love. And even further than that, everything you do affects someone you don't know, I think, especially when it comes to, you know, your own personal story. You know, you, we all see those commercials where, like, they pass a smile on or whatever. And you know what I mean? Have you mm-hmm. seen those commercials? So, like, you know, the, the smile you gave may affect somebody in a whole other state, but... And I think even in the black community, it's, it's something just like that, where we've been kind of, you know, conditioned to say, well, you know, our struggle should be kept silent. You know, let's just act like nothing ever happened and, you know, keep pushing. And, um, you know, I know the mental health community is, you know, uh, very critical of that in us and that, you know, black parenting traditionally does not involve the acknowledgement of men- proper mental health and taking care of mental health and that kind of thing. And it's kind of just created this cycle of silence and the cycle of, uh, of you know not not getting better and the key to you know unlocking that is being those first people to say you know this is how I feel this is what's happening this is where I've been this is how I'm going to get through it 
And not only does that inspire someone else to do it, but it also shows someone else how to do it. And, you know, that's that's an empowering thing that everyone with a story should feel inclined to do. And I think this this new mission statement, like we're saying, just it broadens it up. It just opens new doors. It involves more people. It makes it more accessible. It makes it more believable for any person to to involve themselves in. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, with um, making this podcast, I think that we discovered early on that it was bigger than just uh, men sharing their stories of growing up without their fathers, but it was more so exposing how sometimes the people closest to us, we don't communicate with them um, as well as we think we do. And there's so many things that we don't know about them that we um, take for granted. You know, like these are people that I had early on in this podcast, like Chad, Lamar, and um, some of my close, even family members, my brother, my uncle, um, that we never had these conversations. And we learned so much about each other and about our families um, by having these conversations. So by taking on this vibrant mindset of being vulnerable with even the people that you love, um, it can empower you and, and strengthen those relationships to the next level. And I'm sure that there's a part of you that feels like if you'd had some of these conversations sooner in your life, you know, maybe you wouldn't be on a whole different trajectory, but you might have been able to see things differently. You might have been able to move differently. You know, you might have been able to just feel differently about yourself or about others. Like, it just would have probably provided some clarity for you, I'm assuming. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah, um, that's, those are yeah. things that we've touched on on previous episodes where, you know, in my own struggle... Um, I felt alone uh, that I was the only one kind of dealing with this issue and I suppressed it. And so then this podcast is kind of all about kicking game to those who who may feel like they have to suppress their issues and um, letting them know that the more that you suppress it, you think that, you know, you're 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 hiding these things, but you're really just um, letting it eat up inside of you and ultimately destroy you and keeping you back from being the best person that you can be. So if I had taken, you know, gotten this out earlier, these conversations and gotten advice from my friends and been able to. Um, relate to them earlier there's no telling um, where those conversations could have taken us yeah and that's why it's so important for us people know that know better do better so that way we can you know maybe cast that kid who's was our age and feeling alone himself or herself and being able to shed light on hey you don't have to feel this way or or you don't have to think that you're alone i should say yeah and that, you know we have our own struggles too and there's there's commonality with all of us even though and the one thing that i've taken away the most from it i would say is that even though my struggle is not the exact same as your struggle. There's something that I can still take away from your struggle for myself. Like, I, I have both my parents in my life, but, you know, they're divorced. And I, so I really, I have, I multiplied in parents. I got two extra parents now because they both yeah. are married. <laughs> but there's still things that I can take away in terms of how I feel with my parental relationships or with my peer relationships, with my sibling relationships, with my, my family relationships in general. You know, take that away from... Um, someone who's been in the situation you have been in where you don't have a father in your life and you've been kind of chasing the image of a father. You know, we're all chasing different images. We're all just trying to figure things out the same way. We just might be in different situations. So, yeah. you know, if I had if I had known I was not alone at certain points in my life, I know for a fact there would be ways that I think now that would not be the same. I would definitely probably be more of a positive person, be more of a outreaching person, be, more, be, be a more thoughtful person, you know. Mm-hmm. And, these are the type of people that we need more of in the world is more people, more thoughtful people, more positive people. These are the type of people that, you know, get good jobs. You know what I mean? These are the type of people that are successful is those type of people that uh, don't let these situations bog them down. The ability to just rise above whatever you're going through is something that's, you know, very desirable and, and makes you a leader, a true leader. So yeah. it's important that we kind of just, you know, be our own leaders and, and in turn lead some other people especially with this podcast. Yeah, man. And um, one thing that you touched on earlier was about specifically about the black community. And I know that this may be true for other communities as well, where, you know, we try to keep family business tight, you know, and we try not to share other people in fears of what people might think about our family. And to an extent that is true, you know, but at the same time, I think that there are some things that we should share in order to help each other. I remember when I first started this podcast, my mom, she was one of the people who was really afraid of me starting this podcast. It was kind of like, I wouldn't say discouraging me, but, you know, telling me, oh, I don't think that it's a good idea. And, um, you know, we've had these conversations and um, 
telling me that I shouldn't do the podcast. And, and um, I had to kind of push through that and say, you know what, I think that what these conversations are is going to do more good than it is going to do harm for our family, for people to kind of, um, for me to share my story. And um, I, it proved to be right. Yeah. And, and my mom now, you know, is one of the bigger supporters of this podcast. And um, she's proud of everything that I'm doing. So um, and that's not to put her down or anything like that. I mean, um, she was fearful. And that is a fear that all of us have, you know, um, exposing ourselves and being vulnerable. And this podcast is all about, you know, Again, taking off that 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 hard exterior and showing that on the inside there's there's more commonalities than differences. Yeah, that makes me think of another kind of uh, uh, I guess analogy that this whole vibrant sun S U N S thing brings is that one thing about this or two things about the sun is one is that like when the sun is out you just cannot deny it like when the positive positivity is out you know it may be it may be hard being a fearful person, being misunderstood, being scared, being worried about what's going to happen. It's out there, but, you know, the freedom that comes in, in the vulnerability, the freedom that comes in the, in the sun shining on it, you know, in a, in a positive way, in a helpful way is, you know, it's nice and it's welcoming and it, you know, it continues to, to empower you. And when it's, when the sun is out, you, you gotta be, you gotta be with the sun. You know what I mean? On a hot day, oh, after yeah. a long, cold winter, and you see the sun is out and the kids are starting to come outside and you might be able to get on the porch. You're like, man, I got to give me some lemonade. I got to be out here, you know. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's the same thing with this podcast or, you know, just in general, just having that, you know, that sunny disposition, I guess. And then also on top of that, you know, the sun is is a welcoming body. I kind of said that already, but it's it's very inviting. It's warm. It's friendly. It's, it's something that brings people together. And, you know, it, it all goes in that vein of, when it, when it's when we're out when we're out here doing what we're doing, it, it's supposed to be a, a loving thing that brings us all together. Yeah, and and that's something that we need. I think just as much as we need the people that go forward with it, we need just to come together. Just yeah, as black people, as you know, even white people, you know, whoever, any, anybody struggling, we all need to come together and you know reach that commonality with one another. Yeah, and and that's why you know when we're talking about this podcast it easily bled into mental health topics and um, issues within our uh, the black community and trying to fight these mental stigmas um, that we already have. And by doing that, you know, I, I really want to highlight more people who are fighting the same fight as we are, but under, you know, different missions. You know, we're all about inspiring people to be more like the sun and be vibrant within their own lives. But there's other people with their own missions who are doing the same work, you know, like I can immediately think of somebody like Nipsey Hussle, you know, Nipsey Hussle was probably the most vibrant. Yeah. Uh, rest oh in peace, compl- you know, um, we, we really lost a legend um, recently, and it, it's it's hard to talk about, you know, um, yeah. but with Nipsey Hussle, he was probably one of the most vibrant people that we've seen in our communities in a long time, you know, mm-hmm. he was doing everything that I think um, that I hope to inspire other people to do, and he inspired yeah. me to, to kind of return and to be a stronger leader for my own platform and you know Nipsey Hussle may not have came from the same background as me but he's still a vibrant son you know and I want to highlight more people who are doing work like that and be able to um and to show off uh, all these people who are who are fighting these stigmas yeah and it's unfortunate that he passed but it's it's amazing how his legacy maybe got stronger when he passed like what he was doing was such a real thing like it was it's undeniable the effect that he had on the la community and you know cnn is out here broadcasting his funeral like he's michael jackson or something you know but his his music wasn't like michael's in popularity terms but when he passed away what he did his his legacy the way he was practicing what he preached and putting his money where his mouth was really impressed you know the world and that's something that i think we all have the ability to do yeah. And um, all it should be doing, really. Yeah. I mean, um, again, by by the strict definition of being a vibrant son, where it comes from, like, you know, a man dealing with the law, you know, not having his father in his life and, and talking about those things. I don't I don't I don't know too much about Nipsey's background, so I can't necessarily say that he fits. But with the broader perspective of this podcast, the broader philosophy 
Nipsey Hussle is definitely one of the most vibrant people um, that we know. And um, again, I, th- I look up to him um, and, I, and I hope that a lot of other people find value in his life. And unofficially, I'm going to be um, reading. I, I saw somebody put a post up of all the books Nipsey Hussle had read or, or talked about that he had read. And I'm on my own personal um, mission to read all of those books. So we may have like a vibrant book club. And anybody who wants to join me, we can definitely, you know, um, go through that list and read those books together and share that knowledge. And that might be more content for for the podcast if you guys are, are into that um so definitely let let me know but i'm going to be reading those because I, I'll, just looking at the titles and reading some of the um synopsis of those books it, it really um is a, a lot about leadership and and um and changing the black community for the better and i think that there, there are some very important reads in there and it, it kind of gives you insight into what his mindset was really like um before he passed you might have to uh I don't know if you were trying to segue into the IG situation, but this might this Nipsey might be need to uh, need to get his own like first official Instagram dedication post or something in, in way of inaugurating a new Instagram that you're trying to unveil. You know, Nipsey mm-hmm. might need to be the the forefather of that de facto. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, definitely. We, we plan on having a lot more interactive content on the Instagram now that we're back. Um, I realized that I was really painting myself into a corner with the Instagram and it wasn't interactive at all. Like I kind of goofed on, on the Instagram uh, for a while. So like if anybody is following now, you see that I'm trying to slowly uh, bring in new content so that um not only are we talking about what we're doing on this podcast, but we're highlighting some of you guys, some of the listeners and some of the people in the community, people that I hope to get on this podcast and people who have inspired this podcast, showing their messages and um, really highlighting what um, people are doing and being vibrant in their own lives um, without me being having anything to do with it. So is this like a celebrity thing or like just a random people you hear of or is this like something people can submit their stuff? like through dm or something or oh yes it's, it's going to be a mixture of all of that you know it's going to be things that i see or that i come across because i find those things all the time and um and it's going to be celebrity posts because those get already get a lot of uh press and i want to be able to put my own spin on it and then it's going to be you know if anybody feels like uh i'm you know th- that they want to be featured then I- you can always dm me and it-, it goes the same for being featured on this podcast i always tell people to reach out to me because i i don't know everybody you know and i there's no way of me i don't i don't want people to be offended by saying you know oh javier never hit me up for an interview uh sometimes i just i i, I just don't know you know yeah so hopefully moving forward, yeah, we will be able to feature um, a lot of people on, on the Instagram. And it's going to be a, a much more fun and interactive um, following. So if anybody has has ignored the, the Instagram before or isn't following, you can follow us on Instagram at Vibrant Sons uh, underscore podcast. And hey, go ahead and start sending us those submissions, too. If you can think of somebody you know or even yourself that, you know, did something vibrant you know go ahead and let us know about it we would love to you know, put you put your put you on notice for the good that you've done most definitely um so i think that we've done a, a pretty good job of kind of talking about everything that we plan on doing um kind of for the for the most part um you know we want to restructure the way that this podcast is is delivered um i know that through the interview through my poll on my instagram you guys want a, a shorter and more direct episodes and you guys also want to hear a lot more different kind of stories and um we we plan on i hear all of your requests don't think that i'm ignoring them and we plan on implementing those Um, my goal right now is to give you guys vibrant interviews every other week and then in on those in between weeks um, it may be an episode by myself or with Jeff or maybe another guest. And we um, go through some of the segments from our previous episodes and just kind of really dissect some more of what it means to be vibrant and uh, give you guys some tips on how you can improve your life and be vibrant within your own life. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I don't want to get lost in my in my own ramblings, but uh, no, yeah, that makes sense. That, that, that can't do. That one's good. 
Okay. <laughs> so so definitely look out for that. Um, there, there are a lot of great changes uh, happening to this podcast. I don't want this podcast to be just a reflection of what's going on in my head, but I want this to this podcast and the platforms that we're on to be a reflection of the entire community. Because I do believe that we are a community within ourselves. We just have to, uh, I have to do better with coordinating the community and, and, and be able to get everybody to be able to communicate with each other and be comfortable with communicating with each other, whether that be on my website or on our social media um, channels. I really want um, to strengthen this community as much as possible because I think that there's a lot of power within the messages that we're, that we're giving out and also the people who are listening because there's a lot of great people who are listening to this podcast that I'm inspired by uh, and it's humbling to know that they listen to me. So are you planning on still doing YouTube videos too or are we just keeping it out of your um, right now, my main focus is going to be the audio and the Instagram um, because of just my time constraints, and I want to be able to uh, deliver those as effectively as possible. Um, I felt like when we were doing the YouTube back in the past, I was really um, spreading myself thin, and now that I have a lot more responsibilities with everything that I'm doing now, uh, I definitely won't have enough time to make the YouTube platform as strong as it could be. Sure. Well, since I mean you brought it up, let's get into it. Where you been, bro? <laughs> Where you been, bro? Yeah, man. Oh, uh, it's oh, great it, out here in D town. Yeah, the big show in there. It, <laughs> uh, it really pains me to to say that I've been away from this podcast for about a uh, a year or so because this podcast is really the reason why I'm out here doing the work that I'm doing, and has has given me the credibility. And um, to to a lot more people in order to to get these messages out. Um, so I'm I'm really indebted to my listeners and to this podcast for for completely transforming the outlook of my life. Um, but uh, a lot has happened in the past year, and that's probably the whole the the big elephant in the room is where have I been and why haven't we been delivering episodes for so long? Because I have episodes in the tuck too, like. I have maybe four episodes from back in Atlanta that I never got the chance to release, and I plan on releasing soon some big interviews. Um, but um, what's what's been happening is that uh, in this past year, I had a full transition um, from career paths and locations. Like uh, I switched from Atlanta to Detroit and went from a career in medicine to a career in education, which is so crazy to me. It's quite the, it's quite the switch. Yeah. <laughs> two un well, you're really in two unrelated fields. Like you can do education, but it's not really related. Well, I guess you are doing science, so it's still kind of related, but. Yeah. So switch from medical practice. Yeah, I mean these opportunities kind of just fell in my lap. Um, so let's rewind all the way back. You know, back when I was recording these episodes, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put this in reverse. Uh, um, but. Back when I was recording these episodes in Atlanta, I was uh, living with my parents and really just kind of down and out, you know, really trying to figure out what's going to be my next step because I was, um, this podcast came out of a situation where I was applying for medical school, but really lost passion for, for medicine and applying to medical school um, across the board. And I didn't want to do it anymore. I felt like it wasn't really my passion and that I wanted to pursue something else, but I wasn't sure what that something else was. And in that time, I was inspired to do this podcast. And um, by doing this podcast, networking with more people and um, delivering content on a weekly basis, it opened up my um, it opened up doors to more speaking engagements where um, where we touched on in previous episodes where I was talking and I, I was invited back to my old high school to speak. I was invited to other high schools to speak and uh, up to Detroit to speak with um, Caught Up and Antoine and everything that he's doing out here with his mentorship group and. Um, in that time, uh, Antoine, he really wanted me to work with him in, um, in Detroit. So um, because of everything I'm doing with the podcast, and he wanted me to, to work closely with his mentorship group. So he wanted, uh, so he was helping me find a job out here in Detroit. And um, we came across a school, a school out here in Inkster that, um, was, that was looking to hire more people. 
mind you, I'm not a teacher. I never planned on being a teacher. And even up to that point, when I was in the interview with these people, I told them, you know, I don't want, you know, I know I don't have the credibility to be a teacher. And they were like, yeah, we don't necessarily want you to be a teacher either. But we want you on our staff because we love the messages that you're putting out. We love, um, you know, your, your mission. And we would love to have you um, not only share that with our kids, but to, um to teach our kids how to start podcasts and, and to be creative in that way and to um, work in, in their science labs and stuff like that so so that my science degree isn't completely for nothing. But at the same time, I was being vetted by a news publication in Atlanta and I was going through an interview process with them where I met this guy who worked for um, news production in Atlanta and he really loved the podcast. We talked and we met and um, he, we were going to have this podcast basically be produced by this news outlet and they were going to put it out and they were going to connect me with more celebrities in Atlanta and be able to get this messaging out on a higher platform. And everything seemed like it was going well. So at this time, I was you know, stuck in a at, a at a fork in the road. It was like, you know, do I stay in Atlanta and, and try to put this podcast out with the, with the news company or do I go to Detroit and um, spread these messages in the, com- in the actual community and be in these high schools and, um, and, you know, really inspire the youth. Um, and do you start a whole new life? I mean, that's part yeah. of the stress too. Do you move to a whole new city and start fresh? Exactly. And so I, I was really nervous about it. But one thing's for sure is that I didn't want to stay at the job I was at and I didn't want to go to medical school anymore. So um, through praying and just circumstances, um, I ultimately decided to go to Detroit. Um, part of that was because um, it with, with the production in Atlanta with the with the news outlet um, everything was going right at first you know he was he, he loved the idea he was already thinking of celebrities I can link up with that they can put me in touch with and um, he said that it was a message that really personally uh, affected him and some of the people on their staff and he wanted to get these messages out but um, as the talks got further and further um, it seemed like there was more of a disconnect and we weren't talking as, as often. And when it got up to the decision point where it was like, okay, um, you know, stay here in Atlanta or go to Detroit, I got a lot more feedback from Detroit. So I was like, you know, I don't even want to take the chance. I, I, I want to go out to Detroit and really um, be with not only the school, but work with Antoine and, and be hands on with the community. And hopefully in the future, we can get back in touch with this production company and be able to, um, to, to put these messages out on a higher platform if I'm not able to do it on my own, you know? So do you feel like you could have made it work in Atlanta? Like if you really wanted to, you could have like pushed for that and, and made something happen? Or you felt like, you know, Detroit was really the only like real option here? Um... I possibly could have, but at the same time, with there were there were more factors too where it was like you know with um, with the news outlet they we we hadn't talked about pay at all yet, and no, one true. thing that was for certain was that I wasn't sure that they were gonna give me a full time position, but I knew that I wanted to get out of my parents' house, and because my little brother was going to college, I was like you know by the time he's out of the house, I want to be out of the house, and he left to go to school in August, and I left to go to Detroit in August the week after. Which was, uh, you know, answered all my prayers right there. And I was able to get my own apartment, live on my own. And, you know, now I'm out here in Detroit. But, um, so, so, but in that decision to move to Detroit, there was still a lot of faith that went into it. It wasn't like a surefire thing because when I was moving to Detroit, um, I packed all my stuff in my car and I had no idea um, really where I was going to stay. I didn't have an apartment yet or anything like that. And I wasn't really sure what the position was going to be completely, you know, because they were just saying, we want you on staff um, in X, Y, and Z, but it's a school, you know, and I'd never worked in education before. So I remember distinctly, you know, with all my stuff packed up, my girlfriend, she stays in Ohio. I drove all the way up to Ohio because it's on the way to Michigan. And I remember, man, just being in her apartment and being in tears, you know, really 
um, just like scared, you know, telling her, you know, I'm leaving kind of like a dead end position at my job. I'm afraid of going into in another dead end position and um, and and just being lost in another state, you know, and uh, it was a real question of faith in that moment where um, I was. I was just fearful of of everything I didn't know um, about moving and being in a completely new state and in a new career path, unsure of where it might take me. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a risky thing. I can understand your tears, man. <laughs> that's <laughs> stressful. Yeah. So um, so when I got to Detroit, I remember I I pulled up to the to the. Um, orientation at the school with everything in my car like literally everything I owned in the car (laughs) and went straight there from Ohio didn't even like find a place or anything I went straight to the orientation and um we talked and everything and you know after the first orientation I I left there and just found an apartment signed the lease right there I mean I, I looked at it online it wasn't like I went completely blind but they showed me the apartment I was like look if you guys can get me in today I'm moving in there's like I don't yeah. care like they're, they're, I didn't really have any options really so like the first ap- apartment I saw I signed the lease and I and I moved in um but from there, working at the school, part of the reason, let me back up just a little bit. Part of the reason why I chose to, to uh, be in this school and the reason why I felt like their views aligned with mine is that this school is it's not in Detroit. It's in a suburb right outside of Detroit called Inkster. But there's nothing really suburban about it. It's kind of like, you know, people kind of look at it as like a hood outside of Detroit. And... Um, the people here kind of have their own um, their own struggles, you know, and um, if anybody knows, well, I'm sure quite all my listeners know about what's happening in Flint and with the water crisis and how they hadn't had, had how they still don't have clean uh, water. But I think that there's people working on that right now. They actually I think that there's money being poured into it now to, to fix the water um, situation oh, wow. in Flint. Yeah. But um, before a long time, you know, there wasn't um, clean water in Flint. And that's a, a predominantly black community, you know, and, mm. p- and there's a whole lot of um, people who think that it's a racial issue. Why water, you know, hasn't uh, the whole issue in Flint, why that the, it's a racial racial issue. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. And it's the same thing here in Inkster where. It's not water, but it's education where here in Inkster, um, the the state of Michigan closed down all of the shut down all the schools in Inkster and almost made like a like made it law to not build public schools here in the city at all, which means that they pretty much turn their back on the community. You know, if there's no public schools. Um, then and there's no education. How can you expect the city to thrive? How can you expect the people to um, to to better themselves? You know, and not only that, they sold off the land for basically pennies on the dollar um, to people who who um, would not build schools on the land where the school was before. So um, and this is a predominantly black area again so you know it's no coincidence that this is happening in flint and it's happening here in inkster um similar situations just a different fight you know um so there's the superintendent behind my school is is uh, an amazing guy and i hope to get him on this podcast hopefully to tell this story better than i'm telling it um he was inspired because he grew up in inkster um, and and saw everything that was happening to, to his community, a black guy, and he wanted uh, his community to have better. So he um, took it upon himself to create schools in his in his city again and to create charter schools. And these are not just ordinary schools. They, they're putting 21st century furniture in there. They're putting um, technology like smart boards, touchscreen things like virtual reality, all like interactive labs, augmented reality, like all types of amazing things that they're doing in the school to try to, to give their students the best that they can receive, not just an education. They're not only bringing education back, but they're trying to bring a better education back, you know, and um, and give these students hope where where there wasn't hope before. Because 
this is something that we haven't been able to see um, in our lives. But I mean, could you only imagine seeing, you know, growing up and every school that you've been to has, has kind of been shut down and um, you haven't had consistent education throughout your life. You hadn't you haven't had consistent teachers. You haven't had anyone really keeping track of your progress and holding you accountable towards your edu- education. So these kids were in dire situations, you know, and and these are kind of the things that I'm trying to undo uh, with my work there. And um, and I really was inspired by the, the work that this school is doing, the mission that they're doing behind um, behind all their work. And I think that it not only aligns with my podcast, but it aligns with with my deeper values, you know. So when you're with these kids, do you do you see like the lack of education? Like, does it have a direct effect on them? Like, do you feel like they're missing a lot of things or, you know, are they extra hungry now to get that education? Are they got all these extra things in the schools? Oh, man. Um, it's it's a it's it's a it's so complex. It's a very complex situation where you do have these kids who who want to learn. Um, and, and, you know, they have this motivation because they see what's been happening around them. But at the same time, they're conditioned in, a, in an area uh, to not really do much that hasn't done much for them. And they haven't. So, um, so they're used to not doing anything. So oftentimes they don't want to do anything. So it's a process of me trying to break down those layers in order to, you know, get to the core where they ultimately they want to learn you know they want to they want to have better for themselves but you know on the exterior um they 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 just come to school and they're used to having teachers who don't really care about them and they're used to having teachers who don't um who don't really keep track of their progress or um hold them accountable at all so my role in the classroom (laughs) ends up being a tough one you know because yeah. it's partly motivation and it's partly making up for all the teaching deficiencies that they've had in the past. Um, we kind of passed over the fact that now I'm a teacher in the school because um, what what happened was when I first got there, they didn't know what my role was going to be. They have they had me on paper as a lab assistant um, to, to work in their in their science labs with all their technology that they're doing. Um, but in, in the short time that I was there, they realized that um, I have capabilities for so much more. And then also they couldn't find a science teacher. So my superintendent, he came to me and he said, you know, we haven't been able to find a science teacher. I know that you don't have any teaching experience, but would you be up for being, you know, would, uh, to be our science teacher for the year in our high school. I was supposed to be in the middle school at first, but he was like, we need a high school science teacher. And I was really afraid because I didn't know, you know, I've never been a teacher before and I never had plans of being a teacher. Uh, High school is mad intimidating. Like, your first teaching job to be in high school is like a little wild. Yeah, and half of these guys are bigger than I am. So and and way tougher than me too. I can't. I, I hopefully they they haven't. They're not listening to this. But yeah. But um. Oh, and I and I'll have to. I don't have any choice but to give it to him. Really. <laughs> but um. But uh, they saw, you know, potential in me and me not wanting to turn down any opportunity, I just said, yes, you know, um, I'm up for it. I know it's going to be a, a huge learning curve for me. You know, I'm not going to know much, but I'm, I'm down for for um, helping out as much as I can. And I partially, you know, it was a promotion, you know, before I even started. Right. So it was like, you know, this is a way for me to really make an impact, get my foot in the door and show my worth to these people. Um, who took a chance on me and since then you know I've, I've slowly become I'm I'm the only male teacher that they have in the high school I'm only one of four teachers and I've uh, been one of and I say this objectively I don't want to say this um, like as if I'm coming off proud but I've been one of the more impactful teachers that they have where it's you know all the things that I'm doing with the kids and um, all the things that we've been able to do together um, it's really been a great partnership so far. Um, so, so you feel like they look up to you and all that. You feel like you're, you know, you're making any progress with them personally. 
um, off and on. I mean, it's a love and hate relationship. You know, the, um, I think that they respect me, but at the same time, I'm someone who's disrupting the system. The kids are used to not doing anything, so they don't want to do anything. So yeah, when I'm coming in here, yeah, and I'm disrupting the system, a lot of times, you know, they say, oh, you know, you're doing too much. You're doing the most. Uh, you know, I don't want to do this. This is too much work, all this stuff like that. And um, I try to tell them often is that, you know, I don't believe that any of them are, are, are stupid or, you know, any of them have any learning deficiencies. What they've experienced throughout most of their life are teaching deficiencies. And these are teachers who haven't been able to get the content to them in the best ways. And it's a lot for me to take on as a high school teacher now because I'm teaching science. And if you and, and science really exposes what you don't know in all your other um, classes, like because yeah. science incorporates math and reading, critical yeah. thinking. So if you can't do those, then science is going to be very hard for you. Um, so so those are the types of things that I'm facing. And, um, and But my biggest goal in my classroom that I've learned is that I try to get three my three C's across because I think high school science, you know, we should be learning a lot, but a lot of people don't really remember much from their high school science classrooms, you know. Um, but the, the three main takeaways that I try to give to my kids are um, I want them to be creative because I think that scientific thinking should open up your creativity and get you to or um, actually let me back up I think that it should open up your curiosity because um, when you when you're learning about science it makes you curious about the world around you and you want to answer all these questions that you may not have had the answers to before and then uh, secondly it opens up the creativity because you have to think creatively on how to answer these questions and then um, how to identify other um, you know maybe questions that you have around the world around you and then the third thing is instilling confidence in my students because because once we've gone through this process of, you know, um, identifying issues or de- identifying questions and using the scientific method to answer these questions creatively, now you have this confidence in yourself and your own abilities to um, to take on, you know, different endeavors in your life and to and to know that you can um, achieve. So that's what I try to get across in my classroom, and I think that that may not always be. I know that that may was not the complete focus of science teachers that I've had in the past. A lot of science teachers just try to get you to memorize as much things as possible and try to get you to talk as scientifically as possible. I really just try to focus on instilling those three C's and mixing everything in. Anything else from there is a bonus. Yeah. So when you started, you were kind of in a... Well, before you started, you were in a very, you know, fearful place, a very unsure place, Um, you know, financially, you know, and in terms of, you know, being in a new place and all that kind of stuff and doing something new. So what do you say, I guess, where are you at now in terms of how you, your outlook on where you are and, and, and its effect on you and your comfortable, your comfortability? I don't know if that's even a word, but your comfortability in this situation. <laughs> um, yeah, right now, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of, this is a complex answer as well where, you know, I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I've really found a new passion in education. I think I've unlocked all of the things that I thought that I would get out of medicine in teaching where, you know, I'm using the scientific knowledge because I'm passionate about science. But ultimately, you know, I had to address why was I even pushed to do uh, medicine in the first place? What was my objective in doing science? I mean, medicine. And ultimately it came from all the altruistic reasons for um, for doing medicine, where it's, you know, I want to uh, better people, their health. I want to educate them about how they can improve their lifestyles. And um, I just want to improve the lives of people around me um, and, use, and, and use my creative thinking in that. But when I was studying for medicine and all that stuff, I didn't feel like my, uh, my creativity was being utilized in medicine. Other people may feel like their creative abilities may come out in medicine, but mine weren't. And when I'm in the classroom, I can be as creative as I want to be. I can um, 
and all those other whys are still intact. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm empowering these students, I'm educating them about, you know, how they can improve themselves and, and connecting them with opportunities so in that way they can do better and um, opening their eyes to a whole new world and just kicking back that knowledge. You know, the things that I give on my podcast, I'm giving to them. And one of my things for even starting this podcast, one of my whys for starting this podcast was to make mental health conversations um accessible and cool to younger um, minority communities. And I feel like I'm doing that on a daily basis with my students in my classroom, you know. And um, so that's why I'm so passionate about teaching now, even though it's so different from where I am, where I was before. And um, but it's hard to say that if I'll if I'll stick with it, um, and like, you know, make th my full career out of it because I'm brand new to it and there's still a lot of things that I got to figure out, you know, but as for right now, uh, the time that I, that I have with education, the passion that is opening up inside of me, uh, working in these communities, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And, uh, I look, you know, I was in a situation before uh, where I hated going to work every day and I was actively looking for another job where here, you know, uh, when I'm going to work, it doesn't feel like work on most days. And I and I and I look forward to, to being in the classroom. I feel like I'm with family when I when I go and visit these students and these kids and, you know, talk to them about their lives and um, try to try to educate them as much as I can. Yeah, it sounds like you found an additional to addition to your why. You already kind of have, you know, an idea of who you are as a person, but you know, for whatever reason, I guess the goals that you thought would be the best goals for you, or maybe even the goals that you were trying to live through for someone else's sake, you know, you kind of negotiated your why. But embracing, you know, the things about yourself that you love the most, and embracing the parts of yourself that you truly wanted to be um, represented to people, you know, you kind of you found more than what you were looking for, like. I'm sure why you were scared of being a teacher initially was because you didn't think you had it in you. You didn't know how to do it, and you didn't really want to, you know, you were kind of just scared to explore that. But now that you've done it, you're really, like you said, you're being as creative as you want to be. You're opening up the, the, the part of you that you've always really wanted to open, and that part is only only growing. So yeah, for me, the, the, the takeaway from that is, like, no matter... And this is actually something, I, I started working a corporate job recently, and, and I had a, um, my boss came in, my big boss came in, like the director of the department came in and talked to us, and she was telling us to embrace the things about us that, you know, we're good at, embrace the things about us that we love and stuff. And personally, that kind of, I never really identified with that, because I always thought, you know, you need to work on the things about yourself that you're not good at, mm -hmm. you need to get better at your weaknesses, you know, all that kind of stuff, but... She was saying how, you know, that's going to that's gonna be what empowers you not only to do what you want to do, but to continue being good at, you know, and successful at life. And, yeah. you know, it, it makes sense. And, you know, my whole life, I've kind of just kind of ran from the idea of the things that make me the most comfortable because I just want to be better at my weaknesses. But really embracing that side of you that says, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm good at. This is what I like doing. This is what I'm going to keep doing. is what allows me to build on that why. allows you to find that reason why you're doing it. allows you to feel empowered. And, you know, it makes you better and helps, you know, make other people around you better, especially when you're adding your your ideas of how you can contribute to your community into that. So, you know, that's something that's, that's important for all of us. I think that we can all take away from it is, you know, how can I add on to my why? Not just what is my why, but how can I continue to grow it? How can I continue to build on that why? Because, you know, there's always more work to do for sure on yourself. Mm hmm. Yeah. And um, just to piggyback on what you're saying, you know, about finding your why and improving on your why, um, we can we can bring it back to this podcast where, you know, um, well, before that, you know, my why, like like I already stated, was um, transfer from medicine to here uh, to education um, because ultimately I want to inspire the communities, but also my why with this podcast, um, I, you want to hone in on why you're doing things. And when you do the, when you do, um, identify those things, like you're saying and improve on those, you, you create a much better product, you know, like, um, with this podcast is, is, is my why, why am I doing this podcast? Is it to inspire my immediate community or and to be the best example I can possibly be? Or is it to get a million uh, followers, you know, or a, a, a million subscribers? So if my, if my reason for doing this isn't to necessarily be the biggest podcaster in the world, then 
I can be okay with what I'm doing, you know, and find more confidence in, in the work that I'm doing and not be so worried about the numbers, you know. And um, and when you really hone in on your re- on your true reasonings and your why behind your uh, whole purpose and your work, then that also one important thing is that it eliminates all competition from all your work that you're doing. And it only fosters collaboration, you know, because before when I first started this podcast, my why kind of got, you know, fuzzy. And in the midst of me, you know, gaining a lot of followers and a lot of people and attraction to the podcast, I was so worried about, oh, how many people are listening to this episode? And it and it got focused on that. And how, how well is my podcast doing compared to other people's podcasts? Um, right. And I got lost where I should really be focused on how can I be optimizing my platform so that the people who are listening get the most out of it, you know, and that moved me to a a space of less of me being an inspiration and more of me being competitive. And, um, and it's best to get away from that competitive spirit and really try to open up to collaboration because, you know, I can, I can see someone doing better than me and the competitive side of me may get insecure or may get mad at them and say, Oh man, you know, they're doing way better than me. And I may resent them, but if I'm looking at my why, you know, my why, my reason is, you know, I want to inspire as many people as possible. So then that would inspire me to want to collaborate with that person, try to reach out to their audience or try to get my audience to. And if they're doing great things, connect my audience to their audience. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter who these messages are coming from as long as they're getting out. You know, I remember uh, watching the shop on on uh, HBO and seeing everything that LeBron was talking about on HBO and literally being in my room pissed off because I was like yo like and seeing what people are saying on Twitter like oh man LeBron is so inspiring what he's doing on on HBO is so cool and I'm like yo like these are the same people who don't listen to my podcast I'm like don't you see like you know I'm doing the same things da 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 and it's all about me but really um and I had to take a step back and you know it's not about me I I don't care if I'm the big face of this all that matters is that these messages are getting out and you know now that mental health and people talking about mental health is getting so saturated I may not be the main spokesperson for you know these types of conversations because so many people have come out in the time that we've been away and since we started this podcast it was it was taboo when we first started but now we see so many celebrities touching on it now you know so and part of me can get upset by that but part of me is you know is but now I've gotten to a space where I'm just comfortable with the fact that these messages are getting out and I'm glad that you know because originally we were um, we wanted celebrities to talk about this. This was our main focus, you know, trying to get people like Kanye West, J. Cole, and um, Jay-Z to talk about these things. And then now they're talking about it. J. Cole had a full interview with Angie uh, Martinez talking about his upbringing. And he even talked to Little Pump about what his upbringing was like. And they were talking about how they had shared experiences. So it makes me happy to know that more black people and more people in the hip hop community specifically are talking about these things because this is the community that inspired me and I want to give back to this community as much as possible and I really inspire other people to find their whys and their reason behind it so in that way you can inspire people and be a vibrant son in wherever you are yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was a mouthful <laughs> No, I mean, you summed it all up. I mean, I was going to try to add on to that, but I think for me, um, um, dang, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, but I guess, I guess, um, the more you think about the, the, the value of what you're doing and, and I guess centralizing your focus on your why, you know, it, it definitely increases your need for collaboration and decreases your focus on competition. And I think it also does that, you know, decreases the competition with yourself. And like, I guess the fear, the fear of, of evaporation yeah. and the fear that like, I'm going to, that this, that this isn't going to make any imprint. This is, no one's going to care. I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to be able to survive, you know? And I know, I mean, I'm sure most people I think of when they think of like being a doctor or even just being like a businessman or being whatever, like a lot of it has to do with the nice chunk of change that you get from that. And, you know, part it's, it's, it may not be the main reason why someone would try and think about doing it, but it's definitely part of the process. But it's just amazing how, personally, when you focus on 
that one that that thing that special thing that empowers your community and makes you happy at the same time because it's you know what you feel like you were brought on earth to do it really eliminates all that all that fear of oh i may not be able to make enough money to survive off of this or you know like when i was younger i, I used to really want to be in like journalism and i wanted to be a writer and everything and i was really focused on that part of my life and i was you know doing internships and stuff and, and yeah. thinking i was going to go that way and then the more I started talking to my parents, I was like, oh, you know, they're like, you need to go to pharmacy school because I was working in a pharmacy. And all the people in the pharmacy were saying I was good at it. So I was like, they're like, oh, you should go. So, you know, I did eventually end up going. But, you know, now I'm not in pharmacy school anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of forced me to be in a position to think about, you know, what 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 is the reason I'm really doing this? Am I, am I doing it for clout, as Cardi B and Austin would say? Or am I doing this because this is, you know, my why and this is how I want to affect people? And, of course, being a pharmacist, you know, definitely allowed me to think about um, helping people in a different way and being hands-on with uh, healthcare, and I did enjoy that aspect of it, but there was a lot of things about it that really didn't make me, didn't fulfill me, didn't really move me, and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I had to realize, you know, for me, it was, I was really thinking about how am I going to provide for my family in the future, how am I going, what's the easiest way to get to this check, and because I've been in the pharmacy for so long, it had just been kind of something that I had thought about and made the most sense, but you know, when you get there, it's like, wow, is this really, <laughs> is this really what it's going to be like? Yeah. Of course, with the harsh reality of consideration. And I was so afraid of, of, of not making it anywhere else. But the idea of being a journalist, people that got into my head that, you know, you're going to make, at the most, you're going to make 50000 a year. And that's it. And I couldn't imagine that being my cap. So I had to bail. Yeah. But, you know, now, I'm not even thinking about going back into journalism, journalism now, but I am just, you know, thinking about what I truly want to do. And of course, your finances and stuff is something you want to think about. But when when you're when you're just focused on like now, I'm in a position where I'm you know better off for sure than than um, I thought I would be at this point. Um, and and it's a lot. I'm in a space where now I can focus on what I'm truly doing. And when I got to that space, yeah. everything else kind of just started falling into place. Like I didn't really have to worry as much as I thought I needed to about you know how I would be taken care of and how. I would be taking care of people, you know. Um, first of all, God's always got me no matter what. And second of all, when you, when you put your energy into the right things, you know, it's interesting how things just kind of fall into place for you and things just kind of work out and, 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 and things get taken care of. So, you know, it's important just don't, you know, don't worry about how it's going to happen. You just need to know that you need to push forward and, and make it happen and, and for, for the right reasons, for your own personal, yeah. meaningful, impactful why. Exactly. And um, man, you said so much and I really wish that we can touch on it, you know, even more. And we will in the future, uh, possibly in the next episode. But um, I know that people really wanted a shorter podcast and we're, we're approaching an hour now. Yes. So um, we're going to wrap it up. But I really want to continue that conversation in the future because I think that it's an important conversation that we that we should be having about um, where where should your wife you know what should come first how much you make or or your true passion in life you know and yeah. and how that has affected the moves that we've made in our own lives so um, we'll we'll definitely be touching on that um, in the future uh, but where this podcast is going i'm really inspired by it and i'm really inspired by the people who have given these their feedback um to me and um want to see this podcast be the best that it can and um ultimately you know i want to focus on this community that we're that we're building instead of focusing on how how to bring more people in you know i want to cater to the people who love this podcast and want to see it grow and we can help each other out as much as we possibly can so I'm putting you guys first I want to inspire all of you guys to be vibrant sons and leaders in your own lives uh, vibrant sons and daughters and vibrant s-u-n-s um, and then you know hopefully inspire everybody to follow their their own wise and to be able to develop that and if you guys have any other questions you know you can always find us at vibrant sons uh, underscore podcast on Instagram you can always email me at vibrant sons um, at gmail.com um, there's so many ways that you can reach out to me go on vibrant sons.com to um, uh, 
to to find links to all the websites and everything. That's where that would probably be the easiest way to get in touch with us or to find all the links to everything else. Um, you can always subscribe to us. We're on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, we're on Google Play. We're all over the place now. Uh, there's there's uh, so many points of access. So we really want to make this a, um, the best platform, not only for ourselves but for you guys as well. Um, do you have anything to add to that? Nah, man, I was gonna. I was thinking about putting my personal stuff out there, but I'm like, you know, that's not appropriate. So, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> no, we're gonna tag you, man. Everybody's gonna. Uh, we'll. You'll be able to see Jeff's uh, information in the liner notes, show notes for this podcast, and we'll tag him on the Instagram. So in that way, you know, you may, you may. Um, you you may personalize more with with Jeff and instead of me and that's okay you guys you guys can definitely reach out to him I trust him with my community as well anybody that I that I put on this podcast I want to do a better job of vetting them making sure that not only I want to make sure that uh that I can trust them with uh this platform and also um, that they can bring value to, to each one of my listeners and not just for, for cloud or anything like that. So, um, again, thank you so much. If you made it to this, uh, made it this far in the podcast, I love you. Jeff loves you. Thanks. <laughs> and we're a few minutes past an hour, so please don't hate me. Uh, we'll be back next week. <laughs> we tried. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Uh, we'll talk Peace. to you. Bye.